Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The China Beige Book's November flash data shows the economy barely treading water. And a lot of this is tied to some of the restrictions and lockdowns uh, with the COVID-19 strategy in China. And let's get to uh, Derek Scissors, the chief economist at the China Beige Book. Derek, I, you know, we have to talk a little bit about uh, these comments from the outgoing vice premier, Sun Chunlan, uh, because these are some of the first comments that we've heard uh, about uh, changing policy as a result of, of the virus being less dangerous than before. So it seems like that's the cover here. They're talking about Omicron as it becomes less severe. A change in policy is is only natural. And she has been, Sun, Sun uh, she has been synonymous with the ferociously tough stance that China has taken on this virus. So, so interested in your thoughts, whether or not this is something that sticks or, you know, part of the policy that really does fluctuate a lot in China. Well, I, I do think if we think about COVID policy in December, um, it's going to be different than COVID policy was in September. So I think that's fair, and we're getting signals of that, and there are lots of reasons for it. The question is more, how, will it be different enough to help the economy? The very early returns in November, uh, the answer is no. The economy was quite weak in November. Uh, that's even compared to a weak October or a fairly weak November of last year. Um, one of the reasons in our survey was given by firms that they had rising COVID cases. So, you know, one of the questions is, well, maybe it's the restrictions that are the problem. But, of course, if people are sick, as we know in this country where we don't have the same restrictions, it affects, you know, economic economic activity. So is it COVID zero or is it COVID? Uh, But either way, the economy was weak in November and considering COVID cases are likely to rise, there's a risk of it being weak in December and January as well. Hmm. Set of GDP quarters, uh, next set of uh, GDP numbers coming out of China. Yeah, those are going to be bad in reality. Uh, I don't know. We had a lot of people, including in the Chinese government, saying the fourth quarter was going to be better because they didn't really like the third quarter for obvious reasons. Um, on the ground, we have two bad months in. We have no 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 change in trend at the end of, of November. This includes the official PMIs. It's not just us. I, I think the fourth quarter is going to be poor. Maybe they can at that point say the first quarter of next year will be better. But the next set of GDP numbers, if they're accurate, are going to be quite weak. And how much is the housing crisis uh, keeping people from getting out and spending? Yeah, I mean that that actually the 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 spending side from the government, uh the loosening of fiscal uh policy at least with regard to housing and monetary policy generally, that might eventually help. Um there's certainly ch- different credit conditions now. Credit conditions have uh loosened. 
right now it hasn't hit yet. We, you know, we're still in the in the in the situation of of everyone trying to recover from the damage in housing, both on the producer side and the consumer side. Uh, it may be that government action to bolster the market will have an impact, maybe not in December, but in January or February. Yeah, you say you're seeing some signs of life in the credit markets. Can you tell us about what you're detecting? Well, you just you see, uh, it's always worrisome when firms borrow more because you don't know whether they're borrowing because of opportunities or, or they're borrowing because they really need the money. Um, but you you are seeing a pickup in borrowing, so either way, there's there's more interest in that on that side, and and costs came down. So we ha- we had a period where firms did not want to borrow. We kept talking about stimulus, 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 and the firms didn't want to borrow. It just didn't work. Um, and one of the reasons was was high cost. So both both the quantity of borrowing and and the cost of borrowing have, have e- eased in November. That's not going to have an immediate effect. It wasn't dramatic, but is a change in direction for credit markets. How serious of a problem might deflation be going forward? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. Um, you know, everyone's focused on well, they're losing COVID zero, and there's a stock market rally, and this will help the economy. And we don't see that yet. And you know, at some point it will, but until then, we we have weakening prices across the board. That's producer prices, sales prices, wages, et cetera, in our survey. Um, and it's getting to the point where there's the potential for not just disinflation but deflation. So there's kind of a race going on with economic weakening versus what we think is going to be improvement at some point next year, you know, which is, is that improvement going to hit before we get into a deflationary situation? You made a point uh, earlier about it's all very well to exit COVID zero, but then, you know, people call in sick and that affects productivity as well. But, you know, what are the implications for the rest of the world in terms of supply chains? Well, I think the long-term implication of looser COVID zero, and remember a lot of people thought COVID zero was going to loosen after the party, the National People's Congress next March, and so it was going to happen in April or May or something like that. And the long-term implication, you know, should be regain trust in supply chains, not immediately, um, but, in, you know, but, but it will happen. The short term, I think you, you still have to worry about Chinese supply chains. COVID is unlikely to get better in China, whether COVID zero is in, still in place or not, during the winter months. And so I think the next several months are going to see tough supply chain conditions, even as you can look forward to maybe, hey, the second half of next year, you know, we should have a better, better partners in China. Derek, as someone who's watched China for a long time, uh, how surprised were you by the protests that erupted over the weekend? Uh, and I know they've gone away pretty quickly. Uh, that, that's the nature of, of things sometimes in, in China. Uh, but it did send a strong message. Do you think that that message is in any part um, the reason why we're seeing some modest tweaks to the COVID policy? I definitely think it's part of it. I think you you kept not having, as you just said, we now have a senior official who's associated with COVID zero saying, oh, things are different. You kept not having that validation at the top end of the leadership. Um, you know, there was all this talk and rumors and, and, and people making comments, but the top end of the leadership did not weigh in. I think when you add some political stress here with we want these these protests to go away quickly, let's throw very standard for the Communist Party, throw protesters a bone. You're not giving them exactly what they want, but you're giving them something to pacify them. So I do think the protest added to the pressure such that you have senior leadership now saying we hear you. We don't need to keep this policy exactly the way it's been in place. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, so a lot to unfold here uh, going forward. Derek, thanks very much for being with us. Derek Scissors, Chief Economist at the China Beige Book. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.